Hello, welcome back to Let's Talk About Feelings, the podcast. I am your host, Lindiwe Dim, and thank you so much for choosing to tune in again. Um, if this is your first time, thank you for tuning in, period. Um, I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you so much. The response to episode one was amazing. Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so happy that you guys enjoyed it, you know. I think well, obviously this is it's it's a very personal project to me and it's a very like I'm just I'm very sensitive. And um like I take it very personally, unfortunately. That's just how it is when you're a creative. I take it very personally when I share so much of myself and you know what people say, it matters. It matters to me. So I'm very glad that I was able to affect so many of you in so many different ways and inspire so many of you. I got such amazing feedback from so many different people in different fields. Some of you that aren't even, well, you don't consider yourselves creatives, people in tech, people in, you know, different just engineering. Um, and the fact that it was so relatable for everybody that is amazing i'm so grateful and thank you to my guest nomalanga um yeah honestly onwards and upwards and i pray that we just continue to do great and that this podcast will just continue to grow and make everyone happy um the name of this podcast in case you didn't notice is let's talk about feelings and we're here to shed light on the truths and perspectives of the everyday creative to try and understand the emotional labor that goes into being who they are and doing what they do and today we are talking black excellence ding 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 ah black excellence Ugh, it's so weighted you know for 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 me it's it's changed over the years because the first time I ever heard the term black excellence, I was like, ooh, what is that? Like, that's dope, you know? It sounds cool because you want to be black, you want to be excellent, you want to make your people proud. That's what that's what it was. And the urban uh, dictionary definition for black excellence is someone that is black and portrays great qualities and abilities that make the black community proud. That's black excellence, according to Urban Dictionary. And I mean, that is black excellence, even according to me. Um, it's just that as I think as we've evolved over time and as black people and as we become more just sensitive to the world and sensitive to what's going on and also just realizing what's going on, it's become a bit of a, almost like a looming like a weight <laughs> on our backs and like a like a shadow almost especially for me personally because it comes with this pressure to maintain the level of excellence that we you know with, that we set for ourselves that standard of you being black and you being excellent it's like you can't not do that once you've set the standard that you are an excellent black person that's what you have to be and for me this started um 
a long time ago. And I think for a lot of black people, a lot of young black people, especially from Africa, and if you have African parents, probably, um, my first, I guess, encounter with this or my first memory of feeling like I have to achieve and feel like the first time I like my parents said to me listen you need to be better than these other kids you can't just be average um I think I was in the fifth grade um this is Norwood Primary in South Africa Johannesburg South Africa and my I got a report card back from my teacher and my dad read it and um like my master okay um, they were fine. I had passed. Everything was fine. There was no problem. But my teacher had written a, like a little note at the end of my report card. And she said that Lindiwe has a lot of potential, but she seems satisfied with mediocre results. And you can imagine my Nigerian father, it did not go down well with him. He was like, mediocre. Mediocre. And from that point on, I was like, okay, no more (laughs) of that. We are now going to A+, A++, A++++. Um, He was like, I can't, I can't have that, ma'am. You need to pull up your socks and since then my socks have literally been at my ears and I've been an over well, overachiever since then in every single thing that I did I, I've wanted and I felt the need to be the best and even if I do well I'd bring my marks home to my parents and there'd be great marks and he, st- he would never be satisfied and obviously then I would never be satisfied because all I wanted to do was satisfy him. And if he's never satisfied, I will never be satisfied. And it's just, it's just, it raised the bar for me for the rest of my life and through everything that I did. Um, even when I started working as a model, like it, it put a lot of pressure on me. Like I didn't feel like I could just be like have an average body. I had to have the best body, even if it was just the best body to me which there was no, like, I had to have the best body, I had to have the best hair, I had to have the best skin, I had to have the best of everything and just try and be the best in everything that I did. And obviously that was just very, very difficult um, throughout high school as well. Just go went through high school. My My marks weren't amazing in high school, but I made sure that I was, like, in the top half of the class and I was teacher's favorites, I was doing like the most in class. I had the most badges on my blazer. I had this, I had that. Like, and everyone would tell you, like, ask anyone in my high school. They all knew me. I had to be a captain on my basketball team. I had to be um, <laughs> the, the director of my drama club. I had to, you know. And it wasn't something that I even realized was kind of an issue ever until more recently when I was watching Queen and Slim about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And Slim, I think, yeah, it was Slim, played by Daniel Kaluuya. First of all, that film is phenomenal in my personal point of view. And if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. But 
basically he asks queen something to the effect of um are you a good lawyer and she says i'm an excellent lawyer and he says why do black people always feel the need to be excellent why can't they just be themselves and when i tell you that i have never been so shaken to my core by a question because it was something i didn't even realize that like how what you know like i didn't even realize that this is what we were doing to ourselves or rather what i was doing to myself cuz you know you find sometimes that you're so you're exhausted you're exhausted by your own like drive to succeed and your own ambition sometimes like obviously it's great to be ambitious and you you want what you want and you want to live up to your own dreams but it's so tiring to always feel like you have to be perfect and you have to like work and do the best and be the best and you're holding yourself up to that standard constantly it's so difficult and being so hard on yourself it's so so hard and i realized that like this was something that i'd been doing for years when this past week at my drama school i was in class we had monologues to deliver and i'd just been having like a rough week um a lot was going on with me <laughs> so um i'd been prepping this monologue maybe 3 weeks in advance it was like fine i knew everything but it was quite a long monologue it was about a page and a half long but i knew all my lines i knew everything i was prepared and um i went up i'm ready to deliver the monologue do it i do it i do it it's great it's great get towards the last maybe like a paragraph not even a paragraph like a conclusion side maybe maybe five lines worth of words and i could not for the life of me remember the like the the closing the finisher you know I couldn't I couldn't remember it and I got so upset with myself. The rest of my class was just cheering and they're like, "Yo, amazing, great." Ah, Cuz you know, I'm a great actress, so it was good. <laughs> but I was I was so like mad at myself because I couldn't deliver my entire monologue and I'd been working on this thing for so long and working and trying to be so good at it and do it so well and I felt like I'd fucked it up. and my uh tutor said to me she's like you're too hard on yourself that was excellent like you did amazingly and i wasn't satisfied i wasn't happy i was like nope i wish i could do it again <laughs> i wish i could erase what i've just shown you guys and start over cuz that was not good enough for me and she said something that sat with me as well like she said that she's from kenya Her name is Anne Musisi, amazing actress, amazing tutor, amazing identity drama school phenomenal. She said that in Africa, and she's yeah, I think she's from Kenya. She said that in Africa we are raised like the children are raised especially to always strive to be the best. African parents really really try to instill that in you that you should work hard and be the best at what you do. Work towards being the best. It's very important that you are the best, that you get A pluses, and you do better than all these other kids. You know, it's very, very important to them. 
whereas you come to the UK, for example, and kids really get medals for participation. Like there's, there's the pressure to do that isn't, there's no pressure to do that. There's no pressure to be the best or to be the top of your class or to be like, you just, you can just like cruise along <laughs> in life and it'll be okay. And when I heard her say that, I was just, I was like, what? This journey that's brought me here has taught me so, so much in terms of just the different societal values and morals that people live by in different places and how much tougher our lives are as black kids because we hold ourselves up to such high standards and such high levels of quality for everything that we do even if our parents aren't around even if our families aren't around we want to be we want to be that we want to be great for ourselves and it really led me to ask, why is that? Just like Daniel Kaluuya said, just like Slim said in Queen and Slim, why? And honestly, I think it just stems back to what it always stems back to. It's an inferiority complex. And it's it's making up for, and it's, like covering up for and trying to make ourselves feel like a we belong b we have earned our place c we are worthy of being where we are and d it's almost just proving to ourselves versus everyone else because no one else really cares especially not here where everyone just gets a medal for participation. No one else really cares. I mean, obviously, as you go forth in your future and if you're doing great work, yes, that's a different story. But just in general, you don't have to put yourself through all all of that pressure and all of that pain because it hurts. It hurts to, to be stretched that thin. And we really, really, we do that. We do that and we do that to ourselves. But people aren't, like, it It doesn't have to be that way. But I do, I do think it's from an inferiority, inferiority complex because of being black people. Especially for me, being black in a country and in a world where being black was not a good thing. So you had to prove how being black is like okay and good and also just make sure that you represent the black people well and I've just been seeing this more and more in just the the films and the television that I've been seeing for example in Six Education um, season two that just came out beautiful <laughs> I love it I love it I'm such a big fan um Jackson Marchetti which is who is rather the um, swimmer he's a swimmer and he's really really good swimmer is like one of the best athletes in the school in sex in sex education season two we see him dealing with the pressures of being this just this perfect guy that everybody loves and he's exhausted 
he's exhausted and he turns to self-harm because of it. He's like, this pressure, this pressure needs to stop. And he, he like hurts his hand on like a gym, I don't know, gym machine, I don't gym, you know, using weights. But like he puts his hand in like one of the weights things and obviously he can't swim for like a while and the pressure's off of him to constantly be swimming and doing, you know, great at school in terms of athletics. And it, it gives him an opportunity to explore other things. And then once he heals, the pressure comes back. And his panic attacks, his anxiety starts all over again. And he wants to do the same thing, hurt himself so that he can be free. And this is just, it, like, it can lead to things like that. And it can lead to a life of pain and a life of just suffering. Because obviously he hasn't put this pressure on himself. But the pressures of your family and the pressures of your friends, especially when you're someone who people just constantly expect to do well. It's hard, man. It's really, really hard because it's exhausting and no one can be perfect. No one can be that all the time. But we feel like we have to and we feel like we have to constantly over and over again reiterate and re-cement ourselves in society and just continuously prove that we deserve our spots that we deserve our shine that we deserve the glory and we deserve everything that we have that we deserve to be where we are and to have what we have and to do what we do and I know that's definitely true for me and it's something that Honestly, we just have to unlearn because it's so unhealthy. It's so, so unhealthy. Black excellence, the term itself has just evolved into something. It it feels like literally like a dark shadow over my head. And I don't know. I don't know if other black kids feel that, but it's quite, it's quite a tough one. Try now and move forward trying to stop this thing from making you resent the people that you love and resent your work or even just hate your work because it's it's turned from something that you love or something that you wanted to do, especially in the creative world, to now being something that puts so much pressure on you to the point where you're exhausted spiritually, physically, emotionally. And you don't want to do it anymore because it hurts to do it. Like I don't, I'm not too sure of a way out of that. Where you can still salvage the little love that you did have for your career. And I know with, with my acting personally, I, I I could see it coming. Especially when I was working in essay, Because it was a, a lot of pressure. And in modeling. There was always a lot of pressure. People always want to know what you're doing next and you always have to be pushing. You always have to be you always have to be doing something. You always have to be and there's you can't just not be doing that. Everyone's always asking, always wanting to know. And even you, you just you wanna know, okay, what is we've done this now, move on. What's next? The next thing has to be better, it has to be bigger. I have to work hard. Am I I need to make sure my I kill the role better. I need a you know? I think now the the goal is to figure out how 
not to let this pressure turn the things that you love into things that you hate because they've become part of the pressure or become a source of pain and no longer a source of joy um and i was reading an article beautiful article when i was doing research for this podcast um on black excellence it's by a writer called kiri rupia she's actually the editor the online editor at the mail and guardian um in south africa and she wrote this article in 2017 please do check it out um but i'm going to read you an excerpt from it from towards the end the end of the article she says excellence when it is too rigidly defined leaves us valuing certain narratives and trajectories over others floundering for the impossible instead of reaching for healthier better ways of being it leaves us mired in inadequacies instead of making our version of excellent a reality excellence isn't always what we produce or own but what we did while holding a losing hand everything black people do is excellent because it's near superhuman feat to live in a world that profits from the necessity that profits from and necessitates our subjugation literacy is excellent when you look back to june 1976 and see how south africa responded to black children demanding the bare minimum demanding your due is excellent when black men were murdered for asking for fair wages at marikana survival is excellent when anti poor urban rejuvenation leaves you battling to pay rent only to make way for coffee shops excellence is singing laughing and dancing loudly enough for the neighborhood watch to keep an eye on you it's making your mom happy for being gainfully employed and being able to buy groceries when you can paying your own way is excellence black people's excellence is enough and our successes and losses have context it's constant it's a constant process of unlearning but my blackness will be defined only by itself without explanation and without looking for outside validation black excellence is inherent all we needed to do was be black and alive to ever be enough word to kiripia it's very difficult to think that we live in a time and a world where we we don't feel that being human beings and being alive is enough for us to be that and it's so like it's so it makes me really jealous of other races or other people that they're just like you can just be that and do that and just be happy and you don't feel this pressure to be more than you are in order to prove that you you're worthy and it's it's quite painful and obviously that affects everything that we do including our creativity and i think that's that's why everywhere you go you see especially in the diaspora we see so many phenomenal black people everything they're doing is amazing amazing some of like the best talent and best creators will be in the diaspora because they're surrounded by people 
who are just chilling <laughs> and being themselves and they feel like they need to prove themselves to be here. Obviously this isn't true for everyone, but I think it's it's definitely true for a good few of us now because I'm part of them. But yeah. Definitely something that we need to unlearn and something that we need to work on. I know that I need to. Um in order to just be able to live live easier, man. Because it, it just it weighs heavy on your heart to always feel like you have to. It just it weighs so heavy and it makes it it makes it tough being alive. So we can defo we can defo put a cap <clears throat> on that one. Um Next up, I'd like to actually introduce to you a new segment to the podcast. Um, I think we'll be doing this every episode from now on. And I want to call it My Name Is. And basically, um, a creative will come on and introduce themselves, tell us who they are, and tell you a bit about their, their work and a bit, a bit about what they do and where they're from and what inspires them. And then we'll tie it back to the topic and see how they are emotionally affected by whatever it is that we're talking about during that podcast Um, and today it's black excellence and the creative we're speaking to or rather hearing from is new edison aka eddie but i'll let him tell you the rest Hey, what's good? My name is New Edison, and I'm a 26-year-old rapper from Johannesburg. I make music. Um, I like to think I make good music. I use rap as my medium, as a tool, uh, rhythm and poetry, to express myself. Um, I don't think that rap is the most important element of my music. I love hip-hop so much. Um, you know, with all my heart. <laughs> but for me, I think it's important to make music that people can feel. Uh, my earliest memory of music, this is from, I think it's from high school. I remember I, was in, uh, I went to an old boys' school, so there were boarding houses as well. And uh, I remember my boys were busy with, like, garage band, um, and they were just basically just dropping bars and just doing it for fun, you know. I was 17 years old at the time. I remember walking into the room and they looked at me and they were like, yo, bro, why don't you give this a try, you know? Um, I can't remember who handed me the phone, but I remember it's a guru saying, yeah, dude, just write a verse and let's just, let's do this, bruh. <laughs> you know, just for fun. This is literally in between classes. I had never rapped before, but I, I had always been a music fanatic hip-hop fanatic and um i wrote my first verse and it was like very subpar you know i I think i remember how it went was like uh, at the time my name was still young lizzie um so i think it went along the lines of lizzie marksman flow like an arrow nigga bow down to the yellow bone pharaoh (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but um for me, what stood out the most, and it's actually more clearer now that I look back, it was a scary feeling because it, it invoked both fear and joy. 
And at the time, I, w- I had always been a child who did not know what to do with my life. I just thought, you know, go be a lawyer, go be a businessman, <laughs> you know, just go do this thing, you know, the conventional way. Um, and that was before I really knew who I was and before I got in tune with my purpose. When I learned that my purpose was to spread light, when I began, when I began to understand it more, I realized that I, had, I was going to spread this light with my music um, through sharing my stories, um, sharing stories that people can relate to. Um, you know, also just not always having the answers as well. Um, the standards that I set for myself are pretty high. I never talk about them because for me, it's like an unspoken agreement with myself and my higher power. I feel that everything has to be 199% from the production to the flow to the content to the melodies to the the sounds the motion the everything has to be above good above amazing <laughs> but you know that isn't always the case you know and it isn't easy you know you will make crap songs like i've made really bad songs but how i deal with it is because i deal with a lot of self-doubt um which i'm working on uh but you know i always i always try to tell myself not to be too hard um on my spirit i gotta be patient with myself because i know where i'm going and i know that the destination is inevitable you know um, and I've got to enjoy the journey along the way. There's no point of focusing on the finish line. <laughs> There's really no point because y- you end up missing out on the many gems along the way, you know? But I can't wait to share my journey, uh, more of my journey with the world. And uh, yeah, I thank you so much for um, having me on this podcast. I appreciate the opportunity and yeah, I I wish you guys peace and love and uh, all the best. I came for my peace. We all got desires, we still gotta eat. Yeah, I grew up in the burbs. Word, but I got love for the streets. Stereotypers, like, what do you mean that we got a fortunate kid on the scene? Wait, that doesn't mean it was easy. I don't expect you to believe me. I feel liberated, almost never fake it. Getting so impatient on the low. I can smell the C4, I'm about to blow. But I got some demons that I never show. Whoa, wait, I think I'm drunk. 
traumatized uh. I've been away a long time I think I'm traumatized uh. I've had the light my whole life And I think I'm traumatized yeah. I picked the winning side, right? I can see you traumatized uh. I need to free my mind uh. I think I'm traumatized I've been away a long time I think I'm traumatized uh. I've had the light my whole life And I think I'm traumatized yeah. I picked the winning side, right? I can see you traumatized I believe what I see Even when I don't I gotta light up Soften the hard notes But that ain't the hard part That ain't the harsh part, no I know my heart of hearts If I don't get it right I'm gonna fall apart I'm gonna lose control I'm gonna lose my way I gotta win today I'll never break in the face of adversity I've seen a face and it's ugly as fuck I praise the Lord till I run out of luck Starting to see that a lot of you lie I don't want trouble, I just wanna shine Oh my Whoa, wait. I think I'm traumatized. Uh. I've been away a long time. I think I'm traumatized. Uh. I've had the light my whole life. And I think I'm traumatized. Yeah. I picked the winning side, right? I can see you traumatized. Uh. I need to free my mind. I think I'm traumatized. I've been away a long time. I think I'm traumatized. Uh. I've had the light my whole life. And I think I'm traumatized. Yeah. I picked the winning side, right? I can see you traumatized. And that was New Edison with Traumatized. What a jam. <laughs> what a jam. I'm so proud of the music coming out of Essay. I'm so proud of him. And that was our first My Name Is guest for the podcast. Um, and also our number one for our top five creatives whose content I've been consuming recently. And um, we're going to be doing a top five just creatives. If it's not me, then it'll probably be a guest that we speak to. But... We'll just put on like five creatives whose content is enjoyable for you guys to check out. Um, second creative is an artist um, by the name of Logan Silve. His handle is at Little Black Goat on Instagram. Little Black Goat, L-I-L-B-L-A-C-K-G-O-A-T. So I was trying to figure out how to describe his art for you using words but so that you can just see it in your mind and you know what i think that it would be best if you just go onto instagram right now and just experience for yourself (laughs) because his art is very inspired his art is very inspired and I think it's very relevant for our generation, for millennials. Um, I see a lot of Samurai Jack, a lot of, just a lot of Cartoon Network inspiration, actually. And he does a lot of charcoal drawing and just a lot of sexually inspired art. It's absolutely beautiful, though. I'm such a fan. Um, Little Black Goat on Instagram. Check him out. Next up, we have Sincerely Toby. Or just Toby. Um, he is a Nigerian 
Canadian musician has an album out called Still. And if you follow me on Instagram, then you know that I've been jamming to his music for like, I think probably since since I got to London. Because I've like I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. This is this is like this is my type of music, and this is the type of music I really really enjoy. Really chilled, not really alternative, but kind of just like that chill hop, you know. Um, but yeah, check him out as well on Instagram at sincerely Toby. Then we have Shelly Mukwena. Oh, Shelly, I love. I think she's one of the most intentional intricate detail orientated just one of the like one of the best eyes she like I don't even her work is so beautiful she is a digital creator and fashion and interior designer from Johannesburg South Africa and just also you know what she is for me peak and like pinnacle influencer, South African influencer, and Joburg influencer, to be honest, because I don't know, I don't know, I don't know a better, <laughs> I don't know a better girl. Everything is just so beautifully thought out, so beautifully prepared, from the photography to the like set designing, and I think you know I'm really, really here for the rise of the influencer. And I stand, I stand how beautifully being an influencer has come out of being this weird thing where people would be like, oh, I don't want to be called an influencer. And to influencers now making bank and being respected because it's something that's been like just it's been so disrespected for such a long time. And people have kind of just been talking smack about influencers. And I, you know, I didn't get it. I really didn't get it for a while, but it's an art form, in my personal opinion. And she is one of my favorite artists right now. Self-portraitist, you know, because you are probably the subject you know best. (laughs) And she portrays it so beautifully and, you know, relates it so beautifully. I'm always so excited when she posts and... Her feed is absolutely stunning. Please do go check it out. Um, lastly, we have Barry Jenkins. Um, if you don't know Barry Jenkins, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but Barry Jenkins is the filmmaker responsible for Moonlight. Responsible for If Beale Street Could Talk. He is so good at capturing black beauty and capturing just black people looking beautiful unfortunately in most of his films and in just in in almost every film that does well that is a black film it is it's just full of black trauma and we never have a happy ending you know it's exhausting it's so so exhausting to have to always see that but his films are always so beautiful and because we're talking black excellence today I thought very very relevant um so yeah if you don't know Barry Jenkins's work if you haven't seen Moonlight or if Beale Street could talk 
put aside <laughs> your heartbreak for just the black trauma for a second and go check them out because they're very beautiful black films um a lot of beautiful black love as well and also go check out queen and slim check out um sex education and check out waves another film that explores black excellence and the pressures and traumas that come with it and how much black people can push themselves in order to attempt to be excellent and to maintain that level of excellence and it eventually leads to their detriment but like we read our black is just our 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 existence is good enough and all we ever needed to do was be black and alive to ever be enough our black excellence is inherent and that's all we need to know okay please you are enough i am enough we are all enough this is not a racially charged <laughs> podcast but we speak our truth here and i'm a black woman who is very sensitive and aware and i am black every day of my life so i will talk about it every day of my life um but yeah i think that we can we can take away from this that we just need to be easier on ourselves and unlearn all this burden that we've put on ourselves thinking that we needed to carry it in order to be happy or be okay we don't have to we don't have to we can unburden ourselves and i'm going to do my best to unburden myself and i wish you all the best on your journey on doing so um have a beautiful new month thank you so much for tuning in and i will catch you next episode bye